0: Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're doing a follow-up from yesterday's episode, which is when we were talking about Hamilton, Hamilton City. And I said that on that show that I would be calling up my friend, Jen Beard, who is the General Manager of City Growth. That's really, really, really high up in in, uh, council and the council management team. Uh, and, And I wanted to talk to her about the things she was really excited about in terms of what's happening in Hamilton that's growing that city. So yesterday on the show we talked about the fact that uh, Hamilton is ninety minutes from fifty percent of the population in New Zealand. That it's got a really young population. It's got a lot of research scientists. So I called her up and I said, "Jen, what are you excited about? What kind of what kind of gets you going about the city?" And she said, "Well, look, there there's some boring stuff and there's there's some exciting stuff. So let's talk about the boring stuff first. It's that." Hamilton already has this uh, approach as a bit of a, a quiet achiever. That it, it probably hasn't really got out there and told its story. Uh, it's got a lot of infrastructure there already that has been built in and around the city, with a lot of that the the roading infrastructure that we talked about yesterday, and then. She started talking about some really, really interesting stuff and two major plans that are coming out from the council, which I didn't know about, and I'm guessing that most people won't have have heard about either, which gets us really excited about the future for Hamilton. Now, the first plan is called the Hamilton Waikato Metropolitan Spatial Plan, or the Metro Spatial Plan, if you're going to go away and Google this. And what Hamilton is planning is they are looking at the corridor from Auckland down to Hamilton and essentially looking at more interconnectedness between Auckland and Hamilton. And they've got a whole 100-year plan about how they are going to build out that corridor or that connection between Auckland and Hamilton. And I was on the phone to Jen and she said, look, we're we're planning that between the next uh, 50 to 100 years that the Hamilton metropolitan population, so the population of Hamilton basically, is going to grow to 500 to 600,000 people. To give you a bit of context, the population of Hamilton Metro is about 170,000 at the moment. So we're looking at essentially tripling that population over a 50 to 100 year year period, probably because we have that interconnectedness between Auckland and Hamilton. So we'll start to see these cities uh, becoming more connected. Now, in terms of that growth, over the last 20 odd years, 22 years, uh, Hamilton's population's been growing at about 1.67% every year. Now, we're going to see an increase to 2.2% every year going forward. Now, of course, if you keep growing a population at the same rate, then you'll see that the, the actual number will, will become exponential. Now, we're going to see a faster rate of increase in uh, in Hamilton's population in the future. So that population will go uh, grow astronomically uh, in, in the near future. The other thing that's really interesting is they are planning 10 new growth clusters along that corridor from Auckland down to Hamilton. So you know places like Huntley and Pocono and some of these. Now in terms of bringing this back to property investment, I understand that they are planning for to t- some of these areas to be kind of growth areas like Huntley and 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 and, uh, and Pocono a lot and Drury. Uh, however, I'd have uh, still a bit of cynicism about property investors actually investing in property there because the populations that serve those areas are still going to be relatively small. And a lot of that benefit of the, the main uh, initiative coming out of the Metro Spatial Plan is a high-speed railway between uh, Auckland and Hamilton. And a lot of that benefit is going to be seen in the centres of those cities as opposed to uh, along along that whole corridor that links Hamilton and, and uh, Auckland within that case. So while I think there's definitely some things to be excited about here, especially that astronomical population increase that's being floated, um, you don't necessarily just invest anywhere that the, the plan is talking about that there will be growth and You still have to apply a bit of common sense there. But look, the other thing that's getting me really excited, and this actually comes off the back of, of yesterday's episode, where we talked that the Hamilton City Council is land constrained, that uh, within the boundaries, there's only so much land within Hamilton City Council, and that we didn't see how that would increase over time. And Andrew, what did we find when we started talking?
1: Okay, so the interesting thing for us, Ed, is we were talking about having the um, Hamilton Council in the Waikato Council having an agreement where they will purchase, Hamilton Council will actually acquire land off the Waikato district to be able to give more land availability. And so this major land constraint is going to put a massive uh, uh, cause a massive supply issue because the demand is obviously increasing with population growth, and that of course pushes up your prices. Exactly, and it's it's. I think this is fascinating.
0: You might think, well, what's the difference between Hamilton City Council and Waikato uh, District Council? They are different council areas or territorial authorities. Uh, in that case, and because Hamilton is so con- constrained, you're going to start to see that land be acquired. Now, the reason behind that is if that land isn't acquired, and we start to see houses being built, uh, which what would be in the Waikato district. Waikato district ratepayers now have to fund uh, increasing infrastructure, which is actually part of Hamilton Council, But and those people are going to be working uh, and, and eating out and benefiting the economy of Hamilton City Council, but actually the infrastructure that needs to be provided for their homes is in Waikato district. But Having said that as well, something that really caught my ear when Jen was talking about this is that they're playing with this idea of a boundaryless council. So they're talking with Waipa district, they're talking with Waikato district about having what's called a boundaryless council area where all three or four different district councils would co-invest in infrastructure so that Hamilton City can continue to sprawl outwards, to grow outwards and encroach on these other districts, areas, but that they can still all share within the infrastructure that would be, that needs to be created to fund this expansion outside of the Hamilton City Council city limits. And I I realise that this is a bit bit conceptual, it's a bit heady, like okay, we're going to have three or four councils all purchasing infrastructure or building infrastructure together and there's this kind of arbitrary line around Hamilton City, which separates Hamilton City Council from all of these other councils. But it's really important to understand how the city's actually going to expand because of that. Now, one of the really interesting things about Hamilton City is that 80% of the additional houses or dwellings that are going to be created are going to be in greenfields development. So, what we mean by that is it's going to be the city actually expanding, that more suburbs are going to be created. Only 20% of future demand is expected to be accommodated through infill development or intensification. That's where you rip down an old house and build three houses where there used to be one. So, there is going to be a lot more development within. Hamilton around the outside of the city, and that city is going to expand outwards. Now, why is that important? Well, that's really important, because if you're going to continue to build new houses on the edges of Hamilton, and those houses gradually get more expensive as the cost of building materials go up, then of course that means that the houses within the centre of Hamilton or closer to the centre of Hamilton are going to become more valuable. So you're naturally going to see some capital growth in the middle of Hamilton or in the centre of Hamilton where there, there already are houses, because you simply can't just build more houses there because a lot of the additional dwellings are going to be on the outskirts of the city, which has a positive impact on the properties that are in
1: the centre of the city. And it's a really interesting uh, a stat. I, I'm surprised to think that only 20% would come from in- infill, given that Hamilton has got a lot of old houses, which are traditionally on larger, uh, larger sections, which can be used for infill development. So uh, to think that 80% are going to be brand new developments is massive.
0: And the interesting thing was to just understand that actually Hamilton City Council has a lack of land within its current uses. You might look at Hamilton City Council and say, oh, there's still a lot of, a lot of uh, green space around, but a lot lot of that is reserved for industrial land and other areas of employment. And so that city is going to need to expand. Now, all while we're we saying this, while we're digging into these council reports, which are very long and uh, must admit sometimes seem to say not very much, it's because a lot of what the council does is going to impact the local property market and you as a property investor. If you know that a city is going to triple in its population over a 50-year period and your investment time horizon is 20 to 30 years, years, that bodes really, really well for your investments that you're making. And if you know that it's land constrained and that most of the additional houses that are going to house all of these people who are going to come here are going to be there on the outskirts of the city, it says, well, if I'm able to invest in the centre of the city, that's
1: going to bode really well for my investment. And uh, just an interesting point that uh, Ed made there about land supply, just because there's land there doesn't mean it's necessarily able to be developed and zoned as residential. So it's interesting, uh, we often get that comment where there might be an area where the surrounding land, people just assume that that land's all able to be developed. It depends who owns it, it depends on whether or not the uh, council will allow you to develop that into residential Sections. So just because there's land there doesn't mean that it's necessarily available.
0: And we actually see that within some of the, like the metro spatial plan within Hamilton, is there are significant land holdings that they don't actually want to, to put properties on because the soil is so highly productive uh, in terms of the ability to farm that land. Now, Andrew, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more and more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about Property with Andrew and why not tune into our monthly webinar? We're going to be talking about uh, whether we actually will see house prices double in the next 10 to 15 years, including the arguments for that happening and the arguments against that happening. It's going to be a really interesting discussion. So just uh, tap or swipe over the cover art to get into the show notes and you'll be able to see the link that I drop in there. So you can go and register for that or just head along to opuspartners.co.nz webinar. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.